Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome back to our Triune Pod. Nick and Ben here. And for this version of Unrelated, we thought we'd go to our very deepest topic yet. And that is, Nick, when you're going out on one of your long bike rides or getting jacked at home, I remember I was at your house. I saw those weights. What do you do to prepare? What do you take? Are you a supplements guy? Are you a roid rager? <laughs> yeah, my, my P, did you see my PED collection? Um, yeah, this is this is a capital U unrelated here. Um, uh, I know I don't. I mean, I don't know. I drink a lot of sparkling water, you know, La Kirkland. Um, I do Gatorade. I take. I guess I do take a lot of things. I th- I'll take like electrolyte supplements. My biggest thing is like Pedialyte. Like, do you ever? You ever? You know what Pedialyte is? I feel like Pedialyte is what my friends drink after they've had way too much alcohol yeah, to prevent yeah. the hangover. I learned, uh, I have a buddy who's, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about this. There's a form of, of adult beverage called a, a shredder, which is vodka and Pedialyte. <laughs> so you're like, oh you're like, <laughs> you're like drinking while rehydrating just some shredders. That's if ever, awesome. If I ever text you and I'm like, Hey man, I'm just hitting some shredders right now. I just, for the record, everybody, I've never done that. I do not advocate for irresponsible alcohol consumption. Um, yeah, no, I think, but uh, like on this last weekend, actually, I had a bike race, uh, a couple of bike races and I was super tired. And like, when you go really deep like that, it throws off your entire like biochemical system. So if you're drinking a lot of water, it doesn't really help because you're just like so off balance. So I went to uh, my neighborhood Walgreens and bought like a 28 ounce Pedialyte, just drank it in like two gulps and started <laughs> feeling better. So it does work. Yeah. What about you, man? Besides Huel. Um, well, speaking we, of which, before we get to that, I want everyone to know that when I saw on Instagram, Nick Comiskey placed second. Oh my in this gosh! Bike race. Oh my so, gosh! That's and like, the the bike, the guys who were running the race, they uh, they called you out. They said uh, for his first try. Oh really? Out. Oh that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. That's cool. I didn't see that. Um, well, it's not my, my first. It's, it's not my first try. But yeah, anyway, yeah. What's your secret, man? Gatorade Zero, man. I learned it from you. Gatorade I think zero. I also learned, it was either you or Adrian, who will be on the pod soon. Uh, I, I learned that just what you said, like water alone is not going to hydrate you. Mm-hmm. You need those electrolytes. Um, and that, so I feel like I've been like kind of cheated my whole life. Just, <laughs> you know, you're, you're working out, you're just like throwing back water and it's like, it's just going right through you. It's That's fairly hydrating. Yeah. That's true. That's why you got to get those shredders. All right, man. Um, why don't you, let's, let's, let's jump in. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Jesus Christ, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right. Proper 23. Nick, what do you think? Well, yeah, this is obviously a very direct, a very short prayer with no ascription, no like kind of flowery truth about God. We just jump right into the request. And um, I think the real heart of it, it hinges on this word, 
proceed. Uh, I think you can almost imagine this prayer as a commentary on um, that section of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. I think what we're envisioning here is a prayer um, at the beginning of a day, perhaps, where you're cognizant of all the seen and unforeseen temptations or challenges you might encounter. And so you're asking God in his goodness and by his grace to go before you, you know, it's like that St. Patrick's breastplate thing, Christ, Christ go before me. And so you're asking for the prevenient grace of God to close certain doors, to open other doors and make it possible for you to be continually given over to good works. Um, I have a very unique memory attached to this prayer actually i am um, the summer between i don't know if i should share this on the podcast but it's honest uh i spent a, i spent about a year between college and seminary i was living in california um working at a, a restaurant and a bar that my aunt and uncle owned up in the mountains uh about an hour and a half outside of los angeles two hours outside of los angeles and it was a very unique situation in that i was young i was like 23 um, single and was working these very late nights at a bar and then would get off work at like two in the morning with like $400 of cash from tips. You know, it was like a nice restaurant. I got a lot, maybe $300, but I, you know, like real money, especially as a 23 year old. And then everyone at the restaurant would just be like, all right, we're going to this bar now. And like uh, a lot of things happened that I was not involved in that were like easily very regrettable, you know, but it was, temp it was tempting, you know, of course it was tempting. And I remember I was reading the prayer book at the time because it was probably in October. And I came across this prayer asking for the, the grace of God to precede me. And I were, I have a very, I know exactly where I was when I prayed this prayer. And I thought to myself, like, Lord, truly proceed go before me because left to my own devices, I might make decisions that I will instantaneously regret and could damage other people and myself. And so I, um, yeah, this is one of those prayers from the prayer book that like is just seared into my memory because I have a very particular time in my life where it was very, very meaningful. That's, that's really good. That kind of, that reminds me of, it was my last year of seminary and this is, I think, proof to all our listeners that the devil is alive, but it was, my last year of seminary, things were about to get real. I'm about to get ordained. And I think I'm just like having all like this cold feet, essentially. And I remember going out with friends. And I remember for some reason, not wanting to pray the part of the Lord's prayer. That's exactly that. Lead us not into temptation. I distinctly remember that thinking like, all right, give me some time off for this. Lead me not to temptation. So one, I think that really was like some devil's work right there. And another reason why, yeah, I wish I would have had this prayer on hand at the time that your grace may always proceed and follow us. It's, it's kind of a prayer for protection. The only other, the thing, the other thing I want to raise is uh, Fleming Rutledge, my, my queen, my hero, by everything. She's always talking about us reclaiming that word prevenient, that the grace may go ahead of us. That grace has already gone ahead of us. Just the fact that we've chosen God is because of that prevenient grace, but may it also continue to, to follow us. No, that's great. I mean, I think there is this implicit recognition in the prayer about the precarity of uh, like human situation. Like we are so fragile, uh, so prone to wander, you know, to quote the hymn that we need not just help in the moment. We need the prevenient superintending grace of God to remove a, a capacity to, um, 
to be tempted, right? Like there is something here, there's like a sober recognition of left to my own devices. If it's all up to me in the moment, I'm going to fail nine times out of 10. So I, I need more than that. I need like circumstantial stuff, you know, like I need the grace yeah. of God to go before me to prepare the way. Um, because again, if left to my own devices, like who knows what I will get into it. Yeah. I, I think there's also something, I mean, this is a, something people talk about a lot, especially when they're first discovering the prayer book. And I've used this language a lot, but there is something just so beautiful about the idea that you can like the prayer book helps you want to want to, right? Like mm -hmm. even, you know, so you can just pray the prayer and find your way into a recognition that this is indeed salutary to have the grace of God go before you. And it creates, yeah, it's that like, I want to want to, or um, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. Like, I think this is a really helpful prayer that you can use, not just on this Sunday, but on any given moment when you find yourself in a difficult, and yeah, we've been centering on like temptation to immorality. I think this is just as relevant for like very stressful situations at work or difficult family situations. Like when you would just see something as a date on the calendar that's circled in red and you're like, I am terrified of that Thanksgiving dinner, or I'm really stressed out about my meeting with this manager mm -hmm. and you can pray, Lord, may your grace always proceed and follow me that I may continually be given over to good works. There's something, something there. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned, I went to the conference last week, this Radvo conference and one of the speakers, and he's not making a, an argument for Calvinism or Arminianism, but he just said, he came, he said the early church fathers and mothers, uh, when they're talking about the affections, uh, they're, they don't really believe in free will in the way that we're talking about it. Because the way we talk about free will is the way you and I have been talking about it now in terms of like active choice. But the early church fathers are talking about even like they, this, they proceed or, or, you know, foreshadow Freud on some level. They say, even when you're sleeping, even your subconsciousness like that, like you don't have choice control that. over that. Uh, and so part of this prayer that your grace may proceed and follow us is that even for those subconscious inclinations, that you might work on us, that you might give us that gift so that we don't succumb to temptation. Now, I think a second part of this, this prayer is not just temptation or not just like not doing sins, yeah, but about doing good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. Thank you. That's yeah, I was gonna go there too. That's great. Yeah. What do you got to say on that? Oh, I mean, no, I've not, not a lot to say. I should, I probably added. <laughs> yeah. Just that. Yeah. What the, the end result or the telos of this provenient grace is not abstination or not refraining, but it's a positive vision of doing good works, which I take to mean like being sensitive to the needs of others, having your eyes oriented out towards the needs of your neighbor to cups of cold water, to encouraging text messages, to whatever, you know, whatever myriad forms it takes. But the idea is not just to keep yourself unpolluted from the world, you know, James one, it's to care after orphans and widows. And so that, you know, that the end result of the grace of God going before you in the, in the, in the framework of this prayer is a capacity and a willingness to serve those that are immediately around you, you know, like your neighbors, you know, that, that that's what I take to be good works. Yeah. And I think I, like it, it, this spur also reminds me if you go to a right one communion service, I thought, you were gonna say, of... I thought you were going to say, if you go to a right wing, I'm like, where is this going then? <laughs> <laughs> oh guys. Oh guys. So right one communion service is like the old language, Episcopal Anglican service. Uh, and the, the prayer goes, oh, heavenly father, uh, 
assist us with thy grace, that we may continue to walk in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. And I think that really kind of captures this being enveloped in grace, this provenient grace, this grace that follows. We're doing this not just, you know, don't just leave, leave me away from temptation, but lead me into the good works that you have already prepared for us to walk in. And that's in Paul, right? That's just a ripoff of, yeah. of a Pauline letter. Um, but yeah, I, f- I find, I love those connections. So can we, can we pause here? I was, I did not want to bring this up last week, um, but is it, it's, it's enveloped, right? Not an enveloped. Is, is, are, are, is there, are, are there two different ways of saying that word? Is that like a Northeast way of saying it? Inve- yeah, know. maybe like tournament or uh, I always make fun Wait, of my say, wife. Say it the way you said it again. In, enveloped. Enveloped. Oh, I've never said it. Like wow. That. Okay. Um, that's great, man. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to try one more idea. This might take us to, towards a random rabbit hole. But as I was, I was, pre- as I was preparing for this, uh, this prayer or this podcast, um, which I do very dutifully. I um, was reminded of that essay or that section of self-reliance, the essay by Emerson on travel. Do you, do you are you familiar with Ooh. this? Um, like from like 12 years ago. So not really. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so, like this is going to be good. Well, I don't know if it's going to be that relevant, but he, this is what Emerson says. I'm going to make a long quote, a little bit abbreviated. He says, traveling is a fool's paradise. Our first journeys discover to us the indifference of places. At home, I dream that at Naples, at Rome, I can be intoxicated with beauty and lose my sadness. I pack my trunk, embrace my friends, bark on the sea, and at last wake up in Naples. And there beside me is the stern fact, the sad self, unrelenting, identical, that I fled from. I seek the Vatican. I affect to be intoxicated with sights and suggestions, but I am not intoxicated. My giant goes with me wherever I go. Uh, why does this connect to the prayer? Well, I was just thinking and imagining scenarios where maybe it is a literal travel, like you are away on a wonderful vacation or you are anticipating a stressful trip and you realize, like I think what the point that Emerson is saying is like negatively is that you know yourself, your giant goes with you wherever you go. So you need some other third thing or, you know, some other thing that is operative in your life to precede you, because wherever you go, your, your giant will go with you. And I think what this prayer, the answer that this prayer gives is like, yeah, it is the grace of God going before you that enables you to be given over to good works, to have your mind set at ease and to be continually given to good work. So I don't, does that, does that connect? I don't know, but that's a great quote by Emerson. So yeah, I mean, if that grace goes before me, maybe my sad self we turned into a <laughs> somewhat yeah. content itself my sad self will turn his frown upside down okay let's uh let me pray the prayer and then we'll close lord we pray that your grace may always proceed and follow us that we may continually be given to good works through jesus christ our lord who lives and reigns with you and the holy spirit one god now and forever amen about that episode of our triune pod now that you've been prepped for praise won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review we promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming 
So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.